Hello and good morning, New Life Church. Uh, it's indeed a great opportunity to be here uh, streaming to you in your homes. I hope you're all uh, comfortable, that you would have really entered in and had an encounter with God as you participated in worship this morning led by Paul and his lovely daughter Jasmine. Um, <clears throat> it's indeed an honor to be here. Um, and it's great that we can still be able to reach each other despite the new regime that we find ourselves in, <clears throat> uh, where we're staying at home, where I like to call it physical distancing as opposed to social distancing, and uh, self-isolating, all these new laws. Indeed, how times have changed. But I greet you. I greet you in the name of the God of Jacob, who is fighting for us. Psalms 4 to 6 reminds us of that fact. He reminds us of the fact that that God of whom I greet you with is not only fighting for us, but he instructs us, be still and know that I am God. I'll be exalted among the nations. Therefore, we will not fear. <clears throat> and I'd like you to appreciate that this morning. It is the God of Jacob that's fighting for us. I, I like the fact that his title on that occasion is the God of Jacob because Jacob reminds us of our frailty and uh, our challenges and struggles. Jacob reminds us that anyone who simply calls on the name of Jesus can experience his deliverance, his peace. And today, on Palm Sunday, <clears throat> I'd like to share a few thoughts with you uh, regarding shaping, and this is the title I'm choosing to give to it, but just shaping, shaping history in challenging times, because I believe it's important for us as a body of Christ, to have a response. It's important. The world is in crisis. I guess um, <clears throat> it is said that this is probably the biggest uh, crisis or pandemic since for the last hundred years or since, I believe it's the Spanish flu. Um, and uh, that's how some are describing it. Uh, you know, the, the, the news, the headlines are bombarded by 
uh, the fact that COVID-19 is doing its thing. As I said, some are describing it as a crisis. There are lots of questions out there, lots of questions. Some of the common ones is, you know, what is happening? When will it end? Will there be a cure coming anytime soon? The church appears, like all citizens, <clears throat> to be following, and rightly so, following the government's instructions. But I guess there is a question, should we as a church be doing more? Demonstrating some leadership. Demonstrating this power that we carry within us. I guess another question is, what does God has to say about all of this? Um, and if I can just share a few thoughts on exactly that. They're not exhaustive. They're not necessarily a prophetic word, but just to, to, to give you some assurance that the God we serve is indeed fighting for us. But while humans would tend to uh, be reactionary, in nature, nothing surprises our God. Nothing at all surprises our Heavenly Father. Therefore, He already knew and He already has a plan that's being outworked even as we speak because the Bible says and reminds us that He knows the end from the beginning. So He is fully aware of what is happening. He is not panicking, he is not concerned, <clears throat> but he knows that he has already sorted this. In the past, he spoke through messengers, prophets, and we've got many examples. And in your spare time, I just want to draw your attention to one conversation a prophet had with the leaders of Israel at the time, and that's in, found in Second Chronicles uh, 15 and maybe verses 1 to 7. But I'll just focus in on verses 3, which uh, <clears throat> reads this way. For a long time, Israel has been without the true God without a teaching priest, and without the law. And I'll simply stop there because that's not really my focus. But I just wanted you to know that the prophet in that occasion identified the conditions under which uh, some calamity, some disaster, some difficult times were being faced by the people of Israel. For a long time, they did not have the true God. And that simply means that they were serving a God. They were participating 
in religious activity, but the true God wasn't served. Idolatry existed, in other words. There was no teaching priest. A lot of people were speaking and sometimes uh, expounding on the traditions of men rather than the word of God. Again, an open door that allowed for many things to happen. So God usually knows exactly what is happening and can understand the times that we live in. How do we, as I said, is one of the important questions that we need to ask and answer for ourselves. How do we respond at this time? And I'm going <clears> to... <throat> share this uh, quote with you from JFK. That's uh, former president of the United States. In terms of shaping history and stuff like that, this was, he was facing a particular challenge at a particular time, and this is one of the things that he did said. He said, the Chinese use two brush strokes to write the word crisis. One brush stroke stands for danger, and the other for opportunity. In a crisis, beware of the danger, but recognize and take advantage of the opportunity. And I believe the words of Jeff K. rings true today for the church to recognize, yes, the dangers being presented at the moment, but more importantly, we need to seize the opportunity that exists to be witnesses for Jesus Christ, to declare his word, to demonstrate his glory, to shape the history that is unfolding right in our time and season. This Palm Sunday, we're going to simply examine a few texts, and I'll probably ask you to read because of time constraints, but the text we're going to examine is from Luke uh, chapter 19, and it's from about verses 28 to 44. But as you probably flick through your Bibles or your uh, mobile apps or devices to get to that passage of text, <clears throat> I've got another question and statement and challenge for us all. Will we Christians allow the pandemic to shape our history, or are we going it as co-heirs of Jesus Christ? Let's start this Sunday as we remember the sacrifice and victory already won by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I hope you're at that uh, text now. 
And uh, again, as I said, for brevity, I will not read all of them in full uh, from verses 28 to uh, 44. <clears throat> but I will uh, focus on some specific scriptures. And as I said, what we're talking here is about how we shape history in challenging times. What's our response? And we look at the example of Jesus' triumphant entry. And uh, there are many descriptions and many preachers would look at this from different angles. But today, I just want to submit for your consideration that the triumphant entry was a demonstration of God's power. Why? Because he submitted to the, the, the earthly authorities, and he became a curse for us, humanity, to reconcile us to God and to become so that we can become co-heirs in his kingdom. That's what he did. That was his goal. That was his intent. That's how he shaped the history of humanity. If you're going to shape the history of humanity, there are a quick couple of things that you need to consider. In verses 30 of that same uh, chapter 19, <clears throat> to shape history, you need to be aware of heaven's resources for the assignment. You need to be aware. You, 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 you understand looking at the story that Jesus knew where the colt was. So he instructed his disciples to go get the colt. That was by divine revelation. And this is a time to tap into what heaven is doing. Tap into what heaven is doing so we might have the knowledge to indeed access the resources to be successful at the assignment that God has called us to perform in this hour, in this time, in these are challenging times. Another key point to, to look at when we look at verses 34 is that we must have divine favor. How do I know that? The text seems to describe that as he instructed his disciples, he said to them, you know what? You might be asked, where are you taking that colt? Or why are you taking that colt? And his response to the disciples would tell them that the master has need of it or the Lord has need of it. And if we look at the remaining text, it's clear that he was not, or the disciples were not obstructed from leaving with the colt. Why is that? I believe that's so because of the divine favor that he found with them. And finally, one of the things around shaping our history. Not all understand the divine nature of your assignment. Verses 
40 amplifies that. Not everyone will understand the nature of your assignment. The Sadducees, sorry, the Pharisees definitely responded uh, to the, the, the people laying down palms and stuff like that uh, by saying to Jesus, you know, tell your disciples that they shouldn't be doing that. Clearly, they didn't understand the assignment. So his response was, you know, if they don't do it, if they remain silent, even the rocks will cry out. They didn't understand his assignment. <clears throat> they were blind, I believe. The condition that Jesus observed was that they were blind. And in verses 41 to 44, it is clear that he identified the condition of Jerusalem as he wept over Jerusalem. He wept because he understand that they were spiritually blind. They did not understand the time and season of their visitation. If you're going to, to shape history, you need to understand the time and the season that you're in. You need to have the word of God in your spirit. You need to know what to do. You need to demonstrate clear leadership. And this man, this son of God, our savior, knew exactly what time and season it was. Another thing is, and this is where I'm going to close, what do you think maintains your peace? Because Jesus spoke about the fact that there were things that they were missing that caused them to lose their peace. That's what I want us to, to, to recognize. To shape history, we need to retain the peace of God. And the peace of God is demonstrated and exercised in our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's nicely summed up in Romans 5 and verses 1. And with that, I just want to close and say thank you for listening. I hope you are encouraged. May God continue to strengthen you as believers and a church. Amen.